Thank you for tuning into Life Church Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we hope and pray that God does a mighty work in your life. Enjoy the message. First service doing this post Thanksgiving uh, morning. Everybody doing good? Come on, somebody, amen. And uh, so this is uh, hopefully you, you got your bellies full this past week. Uh, my family did not meet till uh, last night, and so. Uh, um, I overate, hands down. I just ate too much. So um, it, was, it was just uh, the name of the game this week, amen. Um, i tell you what I want to do. We're, I, wanna, I got a couple announcements, and then I want us to pray. So while I'm saying these uh, two announcements, I want you to uh, kind of get in your mind. I've really had in my heart this week. There's been so much uh, kind of come home, I guess, in the aspect of the processing and dealing with COVID these last, uh, uh, you know, as a nation, been dealing with these last six, seven months. Um, and, and we would see maybe on the news, you would see uh, different outbreaks in the areas and not saying, I, by no means am I standing in a place of fear because I believe that we put our faith where the enemy wants to give fear, we should operate and live by faith. Are you with me today? We should declare God's word, God's promises, God's purposes. Um, but uh, it just seems like uh, there's a lot of people being touched right now by loved ones uh, who are, are battling COVID in, in a, um, and I'm not saying anything that's not uh, new, but it just seems like it's, it's really broad too from some that uh, are affected by it and, and really don't have any symptoms at all to those who um, maybe it takes them all the way to uh, the point of, of taking their life. It affected my grandma that way. It affected uh, this past week. We, uh, um, for those of you that remember Tim Harwell, who was one of our parking lot workers, um, he passed away this past week. And so uh, there's uh, just seems like um, there's, there's a lot of, of big question marks that seem to uh, go alongside of this. And I believe in those moments, you and I just need to stand in God's promises and God's purposes and trust him that he leads and guides us. And we want to pray for those that you know uh, who are affected right now in our school system and all that. Um, before we do that, I do want to echo uh, what Chris talked about Wednesday night. You do not want to miss it. This will be our last night of worship for the year. Um, if you've never been to a night of worship, um, there's it's, it's an incredible night, a believer service where we all come together. And uh, really, we just kind of take the reins off. We say, man, and let's, let's go after uh, a, a time and a moment here. We're going to pursue his presence. And we always have a moment where we pray for those uh, who any, need any prayer in their life and agree uh, with them for what they have need of. So Wednesday night, don't miss it. And the next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. All right, you don't want to miss this. I'm telling you, if you got to come, uh, I know some of you got up Black Friday and went and slept. Somebody told me they stayed in, a, in line for two hours to get into a store, and uh, I believe we can be that excited about uh, going to church. Next Sunday is the Black Friday of uh, Life Church, right? And so you don't want to miss. It's going to be Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about 2021, what 2021 is going to hold, and then what's going to be in store for us. I really believe the Lord has spoken clearly and given us areas we're supposed to invest in, invest our time, talent, and treasure, some places we're going to really, really move forward and watch his kingdom be built. Amen. And, uh, and so uh, you don't want to miss next week. I promise you, you will be happy that you came and that you showed up uh, next week. Those who are watching via our live stream, make sure that you are here. I promise you're going to enjoy that service together. So here's what I want us to do before we go into our message this morning. I really want us to focus our prayer and our attention right now. Um, on this this battle that so many of our friends and family members are going 
through right now, uh, and maybe and you and I may have to walk through it before it's over. Maybe you've already walked through it. I don't, we don't walk in fear, right? We walk in God's promises and God's truth. But I want us to pray together right now and just put our faith uh, in one point in place and ask the Lord's hand uh, to be on our, our family, to ask our Lord's hand to be on your family, uh, to ask the Lord just to, to redeem this situation, what the enemy meant to destroy They'll be put in God's hand, and he would bring about a renewing, and awakening, and a revival in the hearts of men and women. Amen? And uh, so let's pray together this morning. Father, I thank you, God, that you are God that we can come to and boldly approach your throne. And so this morning, God, as maybe uh, each of us name men and women, friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers that have been affected by this uh, COVID virus, God, I pray this morning that you uh, would show yourself mighty, show yourself strong. God, we stand not in fear. God, we stand in faith, knowing that you're a God that heals. God, you're a God that protects. You're a God that shields. And God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, let there be a supernatural uh, provision or supernatural protection around our, our children, around our sons, our daughters, our, our grandmas, our grandpas, our moms, our dads, Father God, I just declare, uh, Lord, what the enemy has meant to destroy lives, Father, that there would be a redemption that happens, and Lord, that literally you would let your, a revival and an awakening happen inside of hearts and lives, God, as we turn to you for the answer, God, and I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, and I speak to everybody that's dealing uh, with this uh, disease right now, Father, I, I declare Lord, that they are healed and by your stripes, God, we speak that into their hearts and their lives in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Turn the person beside you and say, I sure am glad you came this morning. Come on, it's post-Thanksgiving. Those who are watching uh, via live stream, thank you for tuning in with us. We're so excited that you're a part of us, even uh, through the platform of technology. Uh, we'd invite you to come join us, 8.30, 10, 11.30, um, any Sunday morning. But uh, if you got your Bible, we're actually going to land. I might get you to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter number 15. And then Matthew chapter number 26, we've been coming out of Nehemiah. Next week, we'll wrap up this message series entitled Kingdom Builders. Uh, and as we've been going out of Nehemiah, um, if you want to go home today for the sake of time, I will not read the exhaustiveness of this chapter, but in Nehemiah chapter 9, we find a really interesting um, uh, events happening. When you go read it, you actually see the children of Israel and Nehemiah and Ezra. You see them really returning to uh, order and returning to the Lord. And they actually start that chapter with saying that they return to a time of prayer and fasting and, and repentance. And, and they begin to seek the Lord. And I think that is such a valuable part of uh, understanding as, as New Testament believers. You do realize nobody in this room is perfect. Come on. Hello, nobody in this room has got it all together. Come on, somebody, y'all with me? I, if I just hurt your feelings because I just told you that your life's not perfect, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. That is the beauty of a New Testament relationship with our God that we can come to him with a, uh, a, a father, a son, a son, a father and a daughter and say, Lord, I thank you that you forgive me of my sins. I was saved, but uh, there are mess ups and we all fall short of the glory of God. And so I can wake up every morning and thank him that he saved my soul, but I can also thank him that, that even in my imperfections, he still loves me, he cares about me, that he cares about you. And there are moments and seasons of our life where I think we need to do an evaluation. Everybody say evaluation. Come on, somebody. At the end of the year, we do, uh, as a church staff, we have staff evaluations. Maybe it's your workplace. You have a, a workplace evaluation. Maybe you do family evaluations. And, and, and it's a good point just to hit the pause button and do a checkup and say, hey, how are we doing? 
And I really think that's part of what Nehemiah was doing in chapter 9. They begin to repent. They begin to get things in order. They begin to tell the narrative and the story of how the Jerusalem was even founded, how they got to the place that they were. And so today, the title of today's message is simply this. It's really three parts. It's from broken to blessed to builder. Remember, we're talking about being a kingdom builder. And I want my life to have significance. I want your life to have significance that you're not here by accident or chance, but you are to have a strategic plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans that he has for our life. And I believe with everything inside of me, when we begin to evaluate and we just simply say, Lord, where are we at? Where are we at on this process? And that's what I want us to do today. And so we're going to talk about from being broken to being blessed to being a builder. And I believe this is that process that the Lord wants to take us on. And today, maybe you'll see yourself in the process. Maybe you might even go, Brad, I've been stuck. I've been stuck in the process and I am not allowing the Lord to finish what he started inside of my life and inside of my heart. Matthew chapter number 15. I'm so, I'm so apologize. Luke chapter 15, verse number 12. Very familiar story of the prodigal son and the, the, the father. And we see this conversation that begins to happen. It says, the younger son told his father, I want, I want my share of your estate now. We live in a very instantaneous society right now. We want what's ours. Give me me and mine and, uh, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Number one there in your notes, first step, the process. And every one of us start here, every child that's born, every uh, white baby, black baby, Hispanic baby, it does not matter. Every single individual in this room, you start your life with a number one there in your notes, first step of the process is a give me mentality. Give me. And it's okay for that baby to say, give me time, give me my bottle, give me my food, give me service. And, and you got to meet that need of changing that dirty diaper. It's okay. And even God understands, you know what Paul refers to in, uh, to the Corinthian church? He says that you are infants and by this time you should be mature adults. And so he actually has to address this issue of maturity and growth inside of the, the body of believers at, the, at Corinth. And so for you and I today, God completely understands that we are born again as spiritual babies, but there should come a level of maturity that manifests inside of your life. Hello, are y'all with me today? Give me is the first step physically, it's the first step spiritually in every one of our hearts and processes. And part of the problem is, is a lot of us never leave this step in the process of maturity. Everything becomes about me and mine and, and meet my needs and take care of me and give me that that belongs to me. And we have an entitlement mentality that, that happens in society, but it also even happens inside the body of Christ. It's about my likes, my wants. Are you singing my favorite songs? Are you doing what needs to happen to meet my needs? It's all about give me. And it becomes selfishly driven. All right, I know that we're going to get to some good news today. Y'all just hang tight with me, okay? Even get around Christmas time, one of my children, I won't say which one it was, one of my children uh, the other day, me and, me and Aaron were talking about uh, what we were going to be getting the children for Christmas. And we uh, said, you, get, you have, want to tell us kind of what y'all want for Christmas? 
Well, one of my children walked in their room, came back, and they had already made a list. <laughs> They're like, here you go, mom, dad. And they, are, they handed us the list that they wanted for Christmas. And it really becomes about, and I, I'm not saying that as, as that the child that's selfish and that spoiled, I'm not saying any of that context because I do believe that when we do Christmas right and we love one another and we, we give gifts not out of obligation, we give because we love one another. Christ gave the greatest gift of himself. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave that as, as we love, there's an exchanging of gifts that does happen, but there becomes a mentality that you see it. It's all about give me, give me, give me, I want more. Are you with me today? And if we're not careful, we stay stuck in this moment. It becomes the mentality and the part of the process. And even in our brokenness, it's in the middle of our brokenness that everything becomes about me and mine and meet my needs. I want you to look right here. We even see it manifest in Matthew chapter 26, verse number 14 and 15. He says this, and then one of the 12, I remember this story about Judas the Judas of Iscariot, the one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest and asked, how much will you pay me? What are you going to give me to turn my back on, God? It becomes that selfish nature that's inside of everyone else. I, and I'm going to make a couple of statements here that, that's going to really probably push some of it, but I want you to pray about it. A lot of times, this is even our first step to come to Christ. Not many people accept Christ as their Savior because he's God and because they want to do something to build his kingdom. We come to God because we don't want to go to hell. Give me heaven. We come to God because maybe a preacher or a pastor, we see scriptures and verses talking about the peace that God promises, the joy that he promises. What can I get? Give, give me, give me, give me. And it's the starting point. And, and God's even okay with that because we're spiritual babies. But the motivation that he takes us through is a process that you and I don't stay still stuck at being selfishly driven about being everything that I can get. It happens in really, and I do a lot of marriage counseling. It's one of the first steps that happens inside of a, a marriage is we get together and husband and wife come together because they, 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 uh, I want to, I want to get, I want you, don't you to give me and I'm going to give you all of my love and you can meet my needs. And, 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 and it's so, um, I'm being careful here. If you can tell I'm stuttering. <laughs> You start talking about marriage and you can get a little bit uh, dicey. But you see a, a young man, a young woman who's in love with each other and they're my everything. And the raw truth of it is there's a part of your life that your wife can meet for you. And women, there's a part that your husband can meet. But if you ever uh, expect them to meet the parts of your life that only God can meet, my friend, it's in that place that you will become vastly disappointed. And if you are sitting here today as you and I, and we're walking through, we're realizing, hey, that I uh, am spiritually immature it's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about my comfort. It's all about getting what I can get and, uh, and, and holding on to everything I can hold on to. It's about that Judas mentality. What are you going to give me? What, can I, what kind of deal can I get today? It's why our society is so driven that somebody's going to wake up on an early one Black Friday morning and go stay in line because I've got to get the best deal. That we live in a society that is so selfishly driven that it becomes about us, me, and mine and not about him and about others. Are you with me today? I will move on so I know it's a little bit uncomfortable, all right? And we go, the first step is, is this give me mentality. 
We have more, do you know, realize that really in America is the only place that storage units is a viable business? Everywhere else around the world is, and it's not that there's not selfishness around the world, but it's, it's all about having so much stuff that I've got to go rent a storage unit. And they even make TV shows called Storage Wars about people who rent storage units and then go, go pick them up. But it goes from give me, this prodigal son says, give me my father, to number two is use me. Second phase. I say, Brad, I don't, use me don't sound like a, a bad word. It, I may remember a song, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. There's actually two uh, purposes here, even inside of use me, that there's a, there's a part that is righteous and holy where we're saying, Lord, you can use these hands, you can use these feet. Uh, and we'll address that in point number four today. But uh, for our discussion here with point number two, it's a, it's a use me that is selfishly driven. It's use me because I want to be popular. Use me because I want a name. Use me because I want a title. Use me because uh, I want to go do something and do it my way. I want to be a doer, but in my doing. I, I want everybody to think highly of me. Look at how this affected the prodigal son uh, here this morning, all right? It's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, where we're going to? Luke 15, 13. Let's look at that real quick. Um, Luke 15, 13. A few days later, the younger son packed up all his belongings and he moved to distant land. There he wasted all of his money in wild living. He took his money Anyway, you ever know anybody who's bought something they couldn't afford, but they bought it because it was the brand name? They want everybody to think they've got money. They want everybody to think that there's something. They're the ones paying the bill for everybody at the table, even though you can't afford to pay your utility bill at the end of the month. They're the ones who have to drive the nicest of nicest cars, have to have the latest and greatest iPhone, have to have everything that, that this world has to offer because it's all about my image. And that's exactly what this, uh, uh, the, the son did is he said, uh, hey, here's, here's my, my image, here's my title, here's what, I, here's what I'm about. You know, Philippians chapter two, I'll put this there in your notes. It actually says, do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition. Do nothing out of, Selfish, and you say, Brad, you're saying ambition is bad. I, I believe that we need to have a drive. I believe we need to have a passion to advance his kingdom of God. I believe we need to have a passion for God's purpose in your life. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's to, to be a coach on the ball field. Maybe it's to, to uh, be um, uh, that entrepreneur. Whatever that ambition is in your life, ambition can be good and it can be healthy. But if your motivation becomes solely about how much value people are giving you and how many likes and friends that you have on your social media and how many people uh, uh, give me affirmation, how many people give me accolades and do people think about me and the people like my title and you didn't call me this and here's my business card and everybody's got to know this this facade of me and what I present and my image and it becomes about my selfish gain and my friend it is level two in this process of maturity in your life it's about my stats it's about me and it's about mine you know what he says and I'll show you even this I want to give you two scriptures for each one Acts chapter 8 verse 19 watch this familiar story of Simon the sorcerer. His motivation, we serve a God that's a God of motivation on this process. And today, all we're doing is simply just evaluating. And I want you to ask yourself, is it, are you really just about your own selfishness? Am I really just about my own selfishness and what people think about me? Here's Simon the sorcerer. Let me have this power too. He sees the disciples 
laying hands on, on uh, individuals and men and women and, and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit filling them and, and signs and wonders and miracles. And Simon comes to him and he says, hey, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. He offers them money. He said, what do I need to do to get that same power? But his motivation, and the disciples actually begin to speak to his motivation was not because he was trying to build the kingdom of God. His motivation is because he wanted people to think that he was something. It was the pride of life. It was his selfish ambition to say, hey, use me. Let me be the one that, that, that lays hands on the sick and say, okay, let me be the one that God uses. Let me be the one that, that uh, his kingdom manifests inside of. But his motivation was not to grow the kingdom of God. His motivation, are you with me today? This is some serious business. His motivation was because he wanted a title and he wanted people to see him more than they saw the God that was inside of him. And you and I can be standing in the same spot and say, I want people to, to even we don't realize it, I don't care what people think about me. That's why when somebody says that hurt my feelings, we've got to do an evaluation in our life. We're called to die to ourselves. We're called to be lesser and for him to become more. And I, I, we'll get to some good news. I know this may not feel popular right now, but it's an evaluation. So every time that you walk away and you go, they're not meeting my needs. They're not doing what I need done in my life. This isn't happening. And it becomes about me and my selfish ambition and what value I feel. And then I watch this in the lives of dozens and dozens of people and they literally will go in a cycle with these two and they never step into the third point that I love number three is search me it's a place of maturity that we say Lord search me David said this there in your notes Psalm chapter 139 verse 23 and 24 I love the the psalmist writing search me O God and know my heart I did, we had a devotion, test me and, and know my anxious thoughts. What if the prayers that we prayed, God actually answered? It's, we had a, a staff meeting the other day and I said, guys, I said, the, the Lord just spoke so clear to my heart. And he told me right now, Brad, I'm answering prayers in your life that you prayed months ago. And I'm like, Lord, but, but right now there's things that are hurting. He said, Exactly. It's because you prayed and you said, do whatever you want to do in my life. That's why it sounds good coming out of our mouth. Whenever you surrender and you say, God, do whatever you want to do. What if what he wants to do is to get your own selfishness and your own pride rooted out? And you say, but that's painful. That's not a lot of fun. You can pray today. Say, God, make me a warrior. My friend, didn't I tell you how God makes you and molds you and shapes you into a warrior? He puts you in front of a battle where you got to fight. Hello, that was a great place to say, man, you ain't got, are y'all with me this morning, Okay. Is that if when I say, God, do whatever you want to do inside of me, what if he says, okay, it's time for some spiritual surgery and I need to carve or, or cut out that bitterness, that anger, that hatred, that racism, 
I need a car to cut out that hurt that you got, and it takes you into a process, and you literally go, I have no idea what's going on. You say, Brad, will you pray for me? Because I'm going through a tough time right now, and the truth is that tough time you're walking through might simply be the answering of God taking you through the process of searching your heart and identifying the areas that we need to mature, that we need to grow, that we need to change, that we need to say, Lord, I, I ask you to do whatever you want to do inside of me to build your kingdom first in this old boy's heart. Search me. A lot of people never get to this place. Listen to me today. A lot of people never get there because we cut and run. We leave marriages because we aren't getting our needs met. It's all about me and mine. And we say, Instead of coming back, can I give you the best advice? Aaron and I have been married 22 years. The best advice that I could give any couple, and I don't know I could have told you this 15 years ago. You work on you and let the Holy Spirit work on them. It's not your job to change your spouse. It's not your job to change your coworkers. It's not your job to change your boss. Your job is to let the Lord search you. Search me, oh God. Change my heart. But you be the one who plows through. You be the one who stands strong. You be the one to say, Lord, I'm listening to your voice and us quit worrying about everybody else. And we can have an opinion of you need to change this and they need to change that. And this person needs to do this different. And it's so easy to have an opinion about everybody else. But what happens when we let those chickens come home to roost right here? And we say, Lord, take me on this process of maturity. Search my heart. Oh God, change me, transform me, Test me, know what's going on inside of my life. And then as a New Testament mature believer for you to truly have enough trust in him that no matter what you walk through, that God is working and you're gonna come out on the other side of this knowing and your feet are gonna be stronger and your posture is gonna be more mature than you were before you started in on this journey. Are you with me today? Watch what the New Testament, or watch what the happened in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Ben, go ahead and come back up with me this morning. Luke 15, 17, when he finally came to his senses, ah, the prodigal son, it's all about me and mine and how nice a car I can drive. What kind of watch am I going to wear? Do I have the latest and greatest iPhone? And he's doing all of this. I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. I'm just saying that it became about his social status and it became about him impressing his friends and it came about uh, going out and doing and, and, and having that, that good time and blowing all of his money and, and, and that aspect of selfishness and selfish greed of give me and meet my needs, make me happy. And... He reached the third phase, says, search me, O God. Now, love, Luke here says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, some of us come to our senses in our 20s, some come to our senses in our 30s, some come to our senses in our 40s, some of us are 50, 60 years old, and you still ain't came to your senses yet. Because <laughs> you're stuck on the process of, of being selfish. See, maturity has nothing to do with your physical age. Maturity has everything to do with your ability to surrender to the presence of the Lord inside of your life and let him finish the work that which he began. Search me, oh God. And he came to his senses. And he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. Here I am living in 
the United States of America and thank God for the blessings and the opportunities that exist here. Here I am having the ability to worship freely and to grow and Bibles aren't scarce like they are in maybe a communist dictator country. Here I am where I don't have to worry about my head being blown off or my family being raped because I attended a church and I call myself a Christian like maybe they would in different countries in the Middle East. Here I am, and the truth is, is that I am so self-centered, and it's all about me and mine and my comfort, and today I need to say, Lord, search me. Change what needs to change inside of this old boy's heart. It takes us to the fourth process that a lot of us never get to. But if we're gonna go from broken to blessed, this could have been a whole message series by itself because whenever you start looking at blessed, a lot of times we want to say blessed is just physical stuff. But when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacekeepers. We start really looking at what being blessed means. We start really looking at this context of life and what God has called us to live. And we say, God, I want my life to have significance. Because at the end of your life, it's not how big your 401k is, it's not how big your house is, how many cars that you drive, it's not how big and how many people weep at your funeral. At the end of the day, what really, really matters is what kind of impact did your life have on eternity? On eternity. How many people did I help pick up out of the miry mud? How many people looked at my life and didn't see bright sheets, but they saw the character of Christ. They didn't see a selfish, ambition-driven individual, but they saw a manifestation of the character of him. So I don't even remember who that guy was, but all I know is he loved. That's how I want to be described. All I know that he walked in grace and mercy. It takes us to number four there in your notes is make me, make me, search me, make me. <laughs> Luke chapter 15, verse 19. I want you to see this. I'm gonna show you something that many of you probably have never seen in this story. I saw it this week, Luke 15, 19. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So please take me on as a hired servant. The father reached out, put his ring on his son, put a robe on his back and said, kill the fatted calf, let's throw a party. A lot of times we use this story as far as someone coming back to Christ that maybe has walked away and turned their back on him or whatever context of interpretation for this scripture. But truly, this prodigal son went through a process. Selfishness, image, title, what his friends thought about him, what everybody else thought about him. Searching, and the Lord began to make him what he should have begun to begin with. So make me a servant. And when God looks at us, he's, when I say, God, I, I just want to be a servant. I, 
I know that I'm, I'm nothing. And he looks at us, he says, but you're my son, you're my daughter. And he loves us. But it, that prodigal son went through this process to get to the point where he realized, without my father, I am nothing. I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have enough of it together, I don't have my life completely figured, I can't be the husband I'm supposed to be, I can't be the father that I'm supposed to be. Without being in your household, Father, I need you in my life. So at the end of the day, the process made him. You've been through a process in your life? Are you gonna keep going through the process? You're gonna have to go back to the same selfishness, worrying about your image, or are you gonna cross over and let God start work and say, search me? And God, as you start searching me, God, I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna make me. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you, I'll mold you, I'll shape you. But I wanna show you what I didn't see until this point because some of you say, Brad, I've never left the Lord. I never walked away. There's a second son that also never walked away, but I'll see if you can identify where he's at on the process this morning. Luke chapter number 15, verse 29. The son, the other son replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never give me. If your faithfulness to the Lord is because you're driven by just your selfish desire, you're still immature and stuck on the process. This other son said, you never gave me even one young goat or, fe or feast with, with my friends. See <laughs> the same process. You never let me invite my friends over to ask so they can see my cool four-wheeler and they can see everything that I've got and all the tools and everything and the, the new X PlayStation 5 and the, so that we feed them and they go, ooh, this family must be rich. It's because he was on the same process. He just never left the household. But I believe that God wants to take you and I on this same process of our selfishness, our selfish desire and going, Lord, search me, search me. Search me. And then I trust him enough to make me and shape me. Let him bring me to maturity so that I can go from being broken to being blessed and realizing that he's the source of all of my blessings. And God, I'm so humbled. And God, you're not part of my life. You are my life. God, you're not a my co-pilot, you are my pilot, Father, that I thank you, Jesus, for your blessings in the Father's household. And God, today, I pray that you'd mold us and make us and shape us and to be everything. I pray you'd mold and shape my marriage and to be everything it's supposed to be. You'd mold and shape my life and everything that's supposed to be. Where are you at in the process today? And you can begin to evaluate your own heart. Are most of your thoughts selfish thoughts? Are most of your emotions selfish emotions? Are most of your desires and decisions selfish-driven desires and decision, but are we true or are we truly surrendering and saying, Lord, you do what you want to do. I'm asking you right there in your seat. Will you stand up with me this morning? We're going to ask the Lord this morning to show us where we're at on the process, on this process of being kingdom builders, my friend, that you may still be in this room. And when you really evaluate, you say, God, I am, I'm spiritually immature. God, my emotions are immature. My thoughts are immature. And I'm not saying that today from a place of condemnation, my friend. I'm saying that today as a place of encouragement to say, 
get on the process, get on the journey of trusting him. Can you today say, search me? And maybe it's a bold prayer, but even you say, God, test me and see where my heart is at. And this week, Lord, that we would begin to listen to your voice, begin to evaluate, God, where we're at to be who you've called us to be, God, to be kingdom builders. God, as we surrender our lives completely and wholeheartedly to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church, from the front to back, side to side. Close your eyes this morning, and I want you to simply say this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, how does this message apply to me today? How does this message apply to me today? Whether you're the prodigal son that's still at home or you're the prodigal, or the prodigal son that left, you let the Holy Spirit begin to evaluate in your own heart today where you're at on the process. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission in this place to do what only you do. God has to change us, to transform us, to, to challenge us. And Lord, I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We're going to go into one last moment of worship right here, church family. And I want you, before you walk out of this room, to, to pray that prayer. Say, God, search me today. Search me today. Come on, God, I need you to ask him this morning right there in your own way. You say, God, search me today. God, don't let me be immature. God, take me on a posture and a, a place of maturity. Maybe for some of you, you've never stepped in this level of process. You've never allowed the Lord to go to this place in your life, and you think everything's just been okay. You think everything's just hunky-dory and worked out. But today, if you pull the mask back and really let the Lord begin to search your heart, I believe that he wants to take you on a journey you've never been on before, my friend. I believe he wants to take you on a, 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 a lifestyle and a, a passion and a drive. I, I believe he wants to position you for everything he has for your life. The question is, are you going to say yes to it this morning? Come on, from front to back, side to side, as we go into one last moment of worship right here, can we give the Lord in this place a hand clap and a shout of praise as we ask him to search our lives? Come on, church family. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. Join us next week as we continue our current message series. You can stay connected with us via social media. Just search Life Church Hartzell or Life Church Coleman. We hope you have a great week.